Welcome to Your Next Mission podcast with the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and co-founder of the American Freedom Foundation, Jack L. Tilley. Proudly presented by Cavalry Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. out there warriors past and present and your families and and I want to thank you for what you've done and what you continue to do for this uh this great country a lot of people uh, don't know the kind of sacrifice you make but I certainly do welcome to season three of of your next mission video podcast a program initiative of the American Freedom Foundation I'm Jack Eptilly 12th Sergeant Major of the Army and your host uh, before we get started today though I, I personally want to thank uh, our presenting sponsors Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans for their generous support in making your next mission happen. They love our veterans and families, and I say every week, we love them too. We have a great show for you today. We're going to focus on the family readiness, and I'm excited to introduce two of my good friends, Miss Holly and Miss Holly Daly, Director of Family Readiness for the Association of the United States Army and Ms. D. Geist, Director of Quality of Life for Soldiers and Family Readiness at the U.S. Army. Welcome, so excited to have you on the show. Excited to be here. Come on, Holly, you gotta be pumped up here a little bit. Uh, I am, thank you, SMA, <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. And um, I wanna thank you for your lifelong service, right? And your continued dedication to our, our service members and families, but I'm excited to be here with Dee too. She's my army sister at heart and someone I admire for a long time. So I am excited to be here. Okay, who, uh, we, we have a lot to cover with family readiness. Before we get started, uh, would we, each one of you sort of tell the audience a little bit about yourself and Holly, we're gonna, we're gonna start with you. Okay, thanks, SMA. Um, well, I'm one of six children from Northeast Pennsylvania in a little small town up there, and I'm humbled to be a um, Army spouse for almost 30 years to my soldier for life. Well, he's a good-looking soldier for life. <laughs> um, and we've been blessed with one son, and my professional background is business management and finance. Oh, there you go. Do you have it yourself? Just a little. I understand you just got promoted, so yes. congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so I'm from a tiny little town in South Florida called uh, Lantana. I, too, am an Army spouse uh, for almost 37 years. Um, I'm an Army mom for uh, 17 years, and I am a Department of the Army civilian for 26, going also going on 27 years. So I, um, you know, the, the Geist family bleeds green. We love the Army. We have two boys, our oldest. This is um, a captain uh, currently serving in the Joint Special Operations Command at Fort Bragg, and our youngest is a cybersecurity um, uh, employee at the Department of Homeland Security. So yeah. we love service in our family. That's what it's all about. Well, I, I was thinking the other day about when we first met years ago back in the 1st Armored Division with you and Steve, and, and some of your, your kids were a lot littler than that's for sure. <laughs> hey, yes, they were. <laughs> I mean, now they're big, and that just means I'm getting old. Hey, D, one of the... One of the main priorities of the Army, is, of course, is quality of life for our soldiers and their families. And, and you have some pretty uh, ambitious plans. Could you give us an overview of the programs before we even get into the details of the programs? Oh, absolutely. So um, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you bring that up. So um, when General McConville came in as the chief of staff of the Army, he asked us to stand up a quality of life task force. Um, as a matter of fact, he had, a, he had an advanced team that kind of put their feelers out in the Army 
to try and determine what the challenges were. And they are all too familiar, right? We've been through it. Holly's been through it. You've been through it. it we are focusing right now on housing, healthcare, childcare, spouse employment, and PCS moves. Um, we also do a little work in, in uh, remote and isolated installations that not only have the same challenges, but they're increased by their geographic isolation. Mm -hmm. um, so that is really the, the big picture of the quality of life task force that the Army is focusing on uh, right now. It's, it's really great because all the ones you're talking about, the ones that I really I had to deal with when I was in the Army about, you know, China, all that other stuff. So I'm, I'm glad you guys are really, are you making any good changes, I guess, with it? We have made tremendous changes in all of those lines of effort. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll just talk about AUSA. That was McConville's first AUSA. He was making policy changes on the spot. Um, one of, the, one of the, um, the first ones we saw for Quality of Life Task Force was, you know, the old Diddy move? Yeah. They're called personally procured move. And, yeah. and typically soldiers got 95% of the estimated cost. And in that moment, we changed the policy for soldiers and their families if they they do their own move to get 100% of the estimated cost um, for moving. So that was that was just a strike in the pan right there, right in front of AUSA and everyone. I could I could use that one when I, ret when I retired out of the army. That's what y'all gonna do. Hey, Hey, Holly, AUSA does a terrific job, and of course, they're the voice of the army. I, I like just even saying that. And they, they really provide an array of great programs. Can you talk a little bit about uh, one of the ones that you're focused on? I know a spouse employment. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, SMA. Uh, yeah. So in support, of course, in educate and increase, increase awareness on what the Army's doing, what Dee was just talking about on the quality of life lines of effort. Um, we do a lot of things, especially for spouse employment, because we realize when you improve the quality of life, you know, it contributes to the retention and the readiness, right? So for mm -hmm. military spouse uh, employment and being there myself, you know, we yeah. realize that it's important to support that. So here at AUSA, we do hiring fairs uh, throughout the year. We have um, our online job central um, that help assist with finding jobs, but we also offer internship opportunities, right? We are in partner with the DOD Skill Bridge. Um, we also have college internships and fellowships, but we're excited we're we having um, have a new one with the Volunteer Family of the Year, which is one of our programs. Um, and what we're doing uh, through a sponsor with Veterans United, we are offering that Volunteer Family of the Year spouse this year an internship with AUSA to help um, increase those letter of references and experiences that they can use um, on their resume. So we have that going on. And of course, we reach out through our chapters um, and support our um, military spouse employment with connection with the installations, with the employment readiness program, and in the local areas with the Chamber of Commerce. Um, also family readiness here, we're part of the military spouse employment partnership that is um, out there with DOD. They're up to 600 partners now. Um, we're part of their MySTEP initiative and, and SECO and the Spouse Ambassador Network. So we're really in tune with our partners and being collaborative efforts so that we can make a difference for our military spouse employment. Yeah, I, I know AUSA is really, I think you got 122 or 24 chapters, something like that. 120. You, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and you really branched out all over the all over the country, helping a lot of different people. Do you want to add anything to that? I, I know you probably have some comments. Because you guys are like a team right here. I'm going to make sure I get all that That's information. Right. Best team ever. So there's a couple things. So I'm going to hang here for just a minute because there's a lot in this space. 
Um, so one of the first things um, that we did with the campaign was hire additional um, employment readiness personnel in Army Community Services. And they not only did that, but now they are paying for certifications. So they're career counselors, not just a, not just a, a GS7 employee that can help you with your resume. They're actually out there helping uh, young spouses form their careers, right? So many of our spouses are in that, in that, you know, 1920 to 24 range that they're not sure not only how to navigate the, the military, but how to navigate building a career as you move throughout the military. So we were really excited about that. Um, the second huge initiative is the Civilian Employment, employment Assignment Tool. Mm -hmm. So this is a tool for non-appropriate fund employees. So you can be um, hired in the child care center. And when you get your PCS orders, you will automatically get a job at your next duty station. So the AMC commander is authorized over hire because we know we've got turnover in this area. And it's not just childcare, it's all the morale welfare, recreation, all of our non-appropriate fund positions. So that is a really big deal. You retain your pay, you retain your training, um, th th you're authorized leave without pay so that you can make your move, but you're guaranteed employment, um, non-appropriate fund employment on the other side. Um, Break. So it is not launched yet, but on the appropriated fund side, they're developing a tool uh, to kind of do the same. The rules don't apply for appropriated fund positions the same way they do for NAF, uh, but they're trying to get a, a priority placement for spouses who are in appropriated fund jobs. So we'll, we'll, we'll um, certainly get the information out um, when the Army G1 civilian personnel folks uh, launch uh, that capability. Yeah, I want to I want to switch gears real quick because there's two things. I just talked to um, the senior leader development course, and I ask this question every time. I go twice a year. Um, I ask how many people are aware of the My Career Advancement accounts, and typically I can count on one hand. That is a DoD program that offers spouses four thousand dollars in certification or um, licensing or uh, tuition for university that it is available from for uh, spouses of e1 to e5 o1 and 2 and w1 and 2 and i am just blown away that there's no there's so few spouses that know about this yeah so they can get an associate's degree or some type of certification that will help them with their career yeah yeah and last point i'd like to make is once you have that certification the Army will reimburse a spouse up to $1,000 when um, he or she PCSs with her spouse to a new state and needs a new license. So that's a teaching license, a cosmetology license, a nursing license. So there's, there's money out there for spouses, and we try and get the word out as best we can. But those are really big things that we've done just in the last 18 months, two years yeah, to yeah. help spouses with yeah, one of the things, I, 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 General Sasekin, when I was working at the Pentagon, he told me one day, he says, you know, Sergeant Major, we can talk about the same things for four years and there's still people don't know anything about it. Uh, and yeah. that's it's really a, a problem. The other thing I'll tell you about spouse employment, my wife, uh, every time I PCS, she had a different job. She'd find a different job. She worked in the cafeteria or the uh, diner facility. She worked at, I think she worked at Burger King one time, didn't really like that job. She worked at the, a, a beautician. Uh, she did all sorts of stuff, but but it was really difficult uh, for the military spouses and stuff. 
Uh, so the only thing I'll just, uh, both of you, I'll offer you, you know, I have a pre pretty active uh, LinkedIn account and message and all that stuff. If you have something you think is really critical and you'd like to share it with me, I'll put it out on my uh, network and sort of share it with the, the veterans that connect with us. I think it's, it's probably not a bit, I can help you, you can help me. Hey, D, there's really two areas that re really deserve a lot of attention. One, of course, is uh, childcare and the other one is family housing. I know in childcare, there's a tremendous backlog on childcare, there's always been that. And I think one of the problems with that is we don't pay them much money uh, on childcare. And that's really one of the issues. The other one, and I was, it may have changed since I've been out of service. I don't know if it has or it hasn't, is family housing is getting old. Uh, we don't put, sometimes we don't put enough money into that. Uh, you know, and it really, that certainly bothers me. Can you talk about those two things? Oh, absolutely. Um, so let me hit housing first. Mm -hmm. um, just a couple points I'd like to make is the, just, I will say that the Army senior leaders are aware and concerned and taking action, um, not only in our housing, but as in our barracks as well. Um, we know we have aged facilities and we know there have been um, some challenges with our RCI partners as well. So if, if um, our families aren't familiar, we need to get out the Tenant Bill of Rights was signed by all of our partners. So that provides um, the rights to our tenants, right, for safe, um, clean housing, timely maintenance repairs. Uh, the Army has also worked tremendously with the RCI partners on um, their investment accounts so we can get these um, aged housing up to up to par. Do you tell, tell the audience what RCI means so they know? So a lot of times they don't know the acronyms. Yeah. Uh, Residential Communities Initiative. These yeah. are our private partners um, that, that built uh, the family housing and, and most of our CONUS post camps and stations. Um, so we're working through the challenges. We are aware of the challenges. And, and as I said, our Army senior leaders are wholly engaged um, in the process, not only for housing, but our barracks as well. Um, uh, I talked about the Tenant Bill of Rights. Um, there's an there's a investment strategy that is led by the AMC commander mm -hmm. uh, for Army owned as well. So we're not only holding RCI counter, uh, partners accountable, we're holding our, ourselves accountable. So there's a there's a healthy investment plan to get us really where we need to be with housing. Um, I'll break there. Uh, let me move on to childcare. Mm -hmm. So so as you can imagine, uh, the pandemic exacerbated uh, the the challenges we have in maintaining staffing in our child development centers. Absolutely, yeah. High turnover. It's a high stress job. We realize, and we don't pay a lot, but we have instituted the minimum wage, the $15 minimum wage. Um, most of our uh, direct care providers come in closer to $16 an hour. Mm -hmm. um, so they're going above and beyond. The Army is working on uh, incentives um, for hiring incentives um, and retention incentives as well. So, you know, we deliver childcare through three means. We, we deliver through our brick and mortar on the installations. We deliver through family child care homes, FCC homes, um, and there is off-base um, uh, stipend that, that pays down the cost of off-base care. Um, we have to, it's important that I mention that off-base care has to be certified by the state for us to authorize an, an appropriation get paid there. So 
the folks in the Installation Management Command work really hard around our installations if we don't have the capacity on post. Um, they've also instituted a real push for those family childcare homes. Those are when our spouses take children into their homes uh, on base. Yeah. So there's a, uh, an incentive right now, a $1,000 incentive um, to retain an FCC home at your new post after you get a, your PCS orders. Yeah. So there's a lot going on in this space too, but but our staffing numbers are down. Um, we're trying desperately to get them back up. Of course, more staffing means more spaces that we can accommodate. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about as you were talking, you know, only uh, if, if the number could be a little bit off here because I'm a little bit older now, but uh, 20, 25%, uh, there's only 25% of that really the, uh, live on post. I mean, about 50 or 60% of the people live off post. So I'm glad to hear that you're working with the people off post to try to help them. The second thing I tell you that, uh, the majority of people that really struggle with uh, child care are probably that, you know, 20 to 30 year old, I would imagine, that really struggle. And you're, I'm glad you hit on the fact that uh, we don't pay them much money. And what happens is when you don't, even though it's 15 or $16, what happens is once they find a better job at 20 or $25 an hour, they're going to leave or 30 or more. Uh, so sometimes right. that's just a uh, uh, just sort of foot placement to get in the, the system itself. <clears throat> and then move on. Holly, do you want to add anything to that? Um, so what we do here at AUSA is we bring feedback uh, back to uh, the Army to say, this is what we're hearing in the field. And so that it helps them with their tracking. But one of the great feedbacks that we do receive, especially on the SEAT program, is it's a long-term um, career, but it also helps you set up for retirement, right? You can invest in your retirement yeah. because... Um, you have vestment. When you have licenses in some states, you have to be there five years or longer to get a matching vestment. And that doesn't always happen for our military spouses because they move before five years. So the, a lot of feedback we get on this is, you know, this is great. This gives me a long, a long-term career and I can progress within that time. So, that, you know, kudos to that program and going forward. Um, I think that's really great. One of the other things though too, Holly, is, is I, we said at the introduction, of the show here, you're the voice of the army and you go to Congress and you tell Congress about these issues too. Do you share a lot of these issues? I'm sure you share these issues with Congress all the time, I think. Uh, yes, that's a um, family readiness here. We have the great um, honor to work with our congressional team to give input on, on some of those legislations. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause the bottom line, it's always about money, you know, and, and when they make, and I was, I was talking to somebody just before we started the show, but when we start making cuts, a lot of times they'll make cuts in, in these areas because, you know, the Army's here to fight our nation's war, but they'll make cuts in the family programs when they need, uh, and housing. Uh, I don't know, Yeah, probably a good question to ask you. Well, I, I know when I was on active duty, <clears throat> they, there was a 100% of requirement, but they only got about 70% of what the requirement is. Is that sort of still about the same or do they get, are they giving them what they need nowadays? Right. So the, that's a great question. So we're we're closer to the 90% mark. Oh, than wow. We are that's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So when we build those those um, requirements for the family and MWR portfolio, we're getting uh, closer to really understanding the requirement. But it, it's different for this portfolio. The social programs um, and the metrics for them are a little more challenging than, say, uh, you know, a, a vertical lift. So yeah. we we're, we're we're clear about what metrics we require on that in the social realm. It's a little more difficult because really we're we're looking at 
Um, we invest in these programs on behalf of soldiers and families. Mm -hmm. We understand a little better about the, um, how they um, promote upstream prevention, right? You know, increasing healthy behavior. Um, but we've never applied that metric in, in that way before. And we're, we're slowly turning towards better understanding how we change um, soldier and family behaviors in a healthy way yeah. and decrease those risk factors. And that impacts the way that we recruit and the way that we retain soldiers. Yeah, yeah. It's critical. Uh, one last, I, I, this is such a great subject. It's an important subject, I know for both of you guys. What, what about your staffing? Uh, I mean, Holly, I know that you probably work with just a, two or three people within your group. And D, are you at 100%? You guys both at 100% what you need? You want to go first, Holly? Yeah. Oh, I have the it's oh the and I are deputy director Thea Green. She's over here in family readiness. Yeah. But what a what a great um, problem to have. We have increasing uh, requests to come out um, um, to the chapters and installations, and uh, we're looking into how do how do we expand to to meet those needs. Yeah. So it's yeah. a great problem to have. <laughs> well, it's it's a it's a good problem, but the problem is sometimes we have only. Uh, and maybe an installation for the association, you maybe only have two people that are working probably 60 issues, right? And it's the same thing with you, Dee. I mean, even you, you're, they probably try to staff you at 100%, but I would think you're probably not staffed at 100%. Well, it's a relative, I got to, so, you know, if we're talking about my office. Um, I'm talking about, will, yeah, okay, go your office or whatever. Yeah. You know, internally, because it's the same, it's all relative, yeah, right? Yeah. So. Um, you know, I have been in the um, a good position that senior leaders understand the importance of the portfolio. So I've received priority over the last um, couple of years personally in the, in our staffing. Um, it's a little, it's more of a tricky question, um, SMA, when we talk about the Army writ large. So, um, you know, our, our senior commanders and our garrison commanders can kind of flex um, and, and contract the way that they need to to meet the needs locally. But let me go back to the point you made about we're here to fight and win the nation's war, yeah. right? So when you, when you look at the history and the Budget Control Act and sequestration, you have to step back and look at the Army as a whole. And I, I tell you, I, I envy the senior leaders that have to make the difficult decisions mm. and where to take risk on our post camps and stations. Yeah. We have to be able to project power, right? That's our installations are there for that as well. So, um, you know, that might be a question better for the, you know, AMC and the IMCOM commander. <laughs> Probably so. So what we do, so my job here is to fight for them to get as many, uh, you know, personnel as they can to deliver this program. And, and that's what me and, and the soldier family readiness and quality of life team do. Every well, that, you know, that's why I love you too, because I know you're both fighters. Uh, I know well, you both SMA, get after, you, yeah, yeah. Sorry, if you don't mind me adding. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned we have a we have 120 chapters. Well, there we can reach out and utilize them. We have they're all volunteer run. Yeah. So it's a different type of staffing. We have all volunteers there that you know make our connections there with the military community um, back and forth. They're the bridge there. And then what we're doing is collaborating and meeting regularly within all those chapters here at AUSA National. So we can be the liaison there and pass things back and forth and collaborate with yeah, each other yeah. and on top of our visits. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the one thing I like about both of you, again, it's in your DNA. 
you you live it every day, and you you know you you and you and you're fighters. You want to make sure you get the best out of everything for the military families because if you don't have a happy family in the military, guess what? You're not going to stay in the military. You're going to leave the service, and that's and that's a big deal. And and I just you know just just off just from this old soldier, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, we're, we're talking with Holly Daly, Director of Family Readiness at AUSA and D. Guys, Director of Quality of Life and Soldiers Family Readiness at the U.S. Army. And, and you're watching your Neck Mission video podcast with me, your host. I always love to say that, Jack Delphi, 12th Sergeant Major Army. And don't forget, if you're enjoying this discussion, if you're not enjoying it, you're probably half dead or something. Something's wrong with you. But please like us. Click on that subscribe button. Uh, let us build a team. Let's build a family team to, to help our veterans and families. Holly, uh, family wellness is a big part of an Army Quality of Life initiative, especially when it comes to, Dee just talked about it, living a healthy lifestyle. What is AUSA doing about that, really to bring a, awareness to that issue? Yeah, we're living it myself and Dee herself and, and understanding how important the quality of life is, you know, building and strengthening that family foundation at home, you know, to help build and enhance resiliency and grit is just really necessary to maintain that wellness, you know, and so one of the ways we help support getting uh, Army messaging and programs and resources out there and bring awareness is through our podcast program, which I know that you are aware of, SMA, absolutely, um, absolutely. our Army Matters podcast series here at AUSA. And we have a section of that, which is Family Voices for the Family Readiness Directorate. And I have the great honor over the last year to co-host with Ms. McConville, the Chief of Staff or the spouse of the Chief of Staff of the Army, and Mrs. Grinston, the spouse of the Sergeant Major of the Army. And, and so that is a great venue that we use to help get the messaging um, out to the field and, up, and update those programs and resources. Wow. So that's one way. Yeah. That's, in fact, that's a great way. In fact, nowadays, what you do is LinkedIn, Facebook, all this other stuff. I mean, that's how, that's how young soldiers are, are uh, really communicating nowadays. And it's really hard uh, because it's it's hard to reach the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's hard to get down into the bowels of the Army and, and figure out what the issues are. Do you want to add anything to that? Yes, I, I um, you know, we have our fitness centers, our, there's wellness centers that, that are space available to our families. And, and I think the most important thing reflecting back when Stephen was active duty is where you go to find that work-life balance. Oh yeah. Um, because we, we say that freely, um, you know, in the in a, in the civilian, but there's uh, it, there's some there's a level of difficulty I think for military families and and finding that balance. Um, so often we're left to be um, single parents, right? And you know we we depend on our our friends and neighbors. So. Um, uh, I, I just think there's there's a lot to offer on our installations with regard to recreation, using your soldier family readiness groups um, for for uh, interacting in your unit, our uh, our libraries. There's just, there's just so much on post. I think that that aids our our families to uh, find that find that balance and and find a sense of community on their post camp and station. Um, I. I uh, we have a lot of discussion here with regard to social media, right? It's a it's a curse and a blessing. Oh yeah, I agree. So yeah, so um, you know, getting getting folks out of their house, um, it, you know, to interact in person is a really um, important aspect, I think, as well. Although the social media platforms allow us to project a lot of information, so um, like I said, there's just there's a tremendous amount out there, and my concern always 
is our our soldiers and our families aren't aware of what we have. It's back to that communication issue that that you brought up, yeah. right? How, you know, where and and the most effective way to project. It's not walking into ACS with the million flyers on the wall, although we still do that as well. Um, we try and project in so many ways, but but you know, my challenge always is, am I connecting in a meaningful way to soldiers and their families with regard to the availability of resources that we have available to them? Yeah, it's, it's really, first of all, I'm going to tell you, you guys got me pumped up. I'm I'm just motivated right now, anyway. But I got to tell you a quick story. My my granddaughter, when they was little. Uh, I'm probably 10 or 11 years old or 12, and we got him an iPhone. And if I'd call him on the phone and talk to him, they'd say, hey, Grandpa. i say, hey, baby, how you doing? You know, we had to chit-chat a little bit. And, and But they really wasn't that talkative. But if I text them and say, hey, what's going on? But they're right back at me. You know, so it really, it really, I figured it out real quick. So now, I don't know if you guys know, I have two granddaughters now. I've got three great grandbabies, and, and I'm, oh I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do everything I can to spoil them. So let's, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're watching your Next Mission Video Podcast. You're watching Your Next Mission, proudly presented by the Cavalry Agency. They help brands dominate no matter their size. Ideas, strategy, action. This is Cavalry. Learn more at Cavalry.com. Navy Federal Credit Union, the most trusted credit union owned by members of the military community, serving all branches of the armed forces and their families. Their members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Purdue Global, providing affordable online education for hardworking adults. Learn more about a personalized, innovative, and world-class education at purdueglobal.edu. Veterans United Home Loans, the number one VA lender for five straight years. If you're buying, they're funding your dreams. Learn more at veteransunited.com. Now back to your host, the 12th Sergeant Major of the Army, Jack L. Tilly. Welcome back. We're blessed to be here today with Holly Daly, Director of Readiness at AUSA, and Dee Guys, Director of Quality of Life for Soldiers in Readiness at the U.S. Army. And I want to remind you that you can reach out to me directly. Uh, please, uh, you know, tell us about your transition. Tell us what topics you'd like to do. I'm going to say that again. Tell us what topic. You know, this is not my show. It's our show. We're a family. And we want to help each other out. So tell us what you want us to talk about. And, and I guarantee if it makes sense, We'll put it on here. You can call or text me at 844-424-1134. And, and you'll be surprised now. I'll reach back out to you. Or send me an email at uh, smatilly at yournextmission.org. Okay, let's let's pick it up where we left off. I'm having so much fun. I can't, I'm just ready to jump out of this chair right here. Uh, Dee, there's a, a lot of discussion lately on the Exceptional Family Member Program. And you know, personally, I'm because of my son and and all the not all the issues, but the things that we had to go through as a family. Can you can you tell us where we're going with that program and any initiatives that's coming up? I would love to. So um, going back to uh, when uh, Lieutenant General Evans was our G nine, um, he pushed us uh, in the direction of technology, yeah. and I am so happy to say that the thirtieth of August, the Enterprise Exceptional Family Member program system was launched. So um, it's not just another app. It's not just another, you know, dot uh, com. This is for this is a tool for our family members and our soldiers 
uh, to stop carrying around those big medical records from post to post and signing in hard copies, right? Um, the, the system connects, there's you know three main systems for exceptional family member program. That's your assignments, it is uh, your medical care, and it is the navigation system that is delivered um, through the Insulation Management Command that helps families uh, connect to the resources available to them. So all three of those systems are now connected. Um, you can log in um, to your system, get your, rec your records um, will be available to you. You sign the forms that you need to sign. And more than anything, families now can see where their paperwork is, right? It is a completely transparent system. So we're really excited about that. Um, there are a few bugs in the beginning, but we're working through them. We've got this amazing team that not only has put the system together, um, but they're gonna continue with us to manage uh, the system. So, so that is a really good news story. Um, second, there is a board of directors now just for exceptional family member program. And that is the three, that is the Surgeon General of the Army, the G1 of the Army and the G9 that covers all of the assignments the uh, medical and the navigation. So they come together and they closely monitor two to three times a year uh, the progress that we're making. Um, and the last point I'll make is that there was a, a rapid improvement event with, with stakeholders from the entire EFMP community. And um, they identified a lot of process and policy that needed to be improved. So that working group, um, it, is uh, maintained here at the headquarters level. And we are monitoring the changes to those policies and processes, making sure they get to the, um, get executed on the garrison. So, um, you know, we, we understand those challenges deeply and want to make uh, life better for our soldiers with exceptional family members. And, and we will continue to monitor and, and we'll, we won't stop pushing until it's the best EFMP system in the Department of Defense. Hooah, I'm pumped up already. Hey, D, D, one of the things I'd say is, I told you about the ID card one before, about every four years, if my, uh, my son, Brian, his, his uh, disability is never gonna change. And so every four right. years, I gotta go back and, and get him, re it just doesn't make sense to me uh, to do that, one is. And the second thing I'd say, I would think it'd be uh, beneficial uh, for when they have that board, if they bring in somebody that's a veteran, I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about somebody that's a retired, maybe a sergeant first class that has a young child with a, a disability to bring them in and let them say, hey, you know, this is what you're saying, but this is reality. You know what I mean? I mean, what you think right. goes on here, what goes on down at the bottom, sometimes not the same. And I think uh, we need to figure out a better way to, to bridge that gap. Because uh, I think the veteran community could probably help you out a little bit, I, I, and maybe give, give you some suggestions. Uh, anyway. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh-oh. So. <laughs> is that a good thing? I hope it is. Oh, it's a good thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so this is another thing that our families may not be aware of is the Army Family Action Plan. Yeah. That is our grassroot effort. So every post-camp and station should be having an annual AFAP conference where these issues are brought in to the headquarters department of the army. Yeah. Sometimes issues that can be solved at the garrison or by the senior commander. Sometimes they need kind of a, a forces command or a TRADOC or AMC fix. And those that can't be fixed at that level come into the headquarters. So we meet with the vice chief of staff of the army and all the staff principals twice a year. Yeah. And we bring these big issues in. And, and SMA, I think that, you know, the retiree council 
comes in and sits with us every AFAP meeting, I think your issue is a good one for um, the, the re retiree council to bring in. Yeah. We'll take, we'll take that on. Yeah, I, I think the thing about that, there's a lot of people that I should say, you know, I work a lot. I do a lot of different stuff and, and I'm probably not involved with that process very much where I should probably should be. Uh, but I think there's a lot of people that that in some cases uh, don't, you know, they'll talk about it, but they won't do anything about it. And I've talked to, I've talked to a lot of people about it, but no, I agree. I, I probably need to be more vocal in that uh, retirement council a little bit and sort of uh, get yeah, the word out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, SMA. So we just fixed an issue, and this was for um, spouses over the age, I think, of 60. I'm going to have to go check that. Don't don't write that down. Um, having to go back every couple of years to, re to re renew a, an ID card. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we fixed that policy through the AFAP process. Yeah. Like once you re reach a certain age, we're not marching you back in to update your ID card again. That don't make no sense. It's very similar. Yeah. Right. It makes no sense. It's a waste of money. A waste of money and time. Hey, uh, you know, I could stay on this one for a long time, but Holly, I'm going to get you over there and get you in the discussion here a little bit. Holly, can you talk about what resources AUSA has provided in our military families? Like, you know, I know you do a lot of work on Capitol Hill uh, for volunteer family programs and others. Uh, anything like that you want to talk about? What, what kind of work you're doing with that? Oh, yeah. But I was going to add that I get to represent AUSA and the family running this with the AFAP with uh, D2. So it's a collaborative team effort. So. Okay, bring that ID card issue up. Help me out a little bit. <laughs> I know I'm getting up there in age, so. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get way you're, But issue. you're still 22 or something like that. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'll be 23. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, like a previously stated SME, um, I have the honor for family readiness to work with our uh, government affairs office here and give input on, on hot issues or uh, what we're tracking, uh, especially through the Army with these group, uh, these G9 group over there. So like... Uh, spouse employment being one of them right now. Um, so we have that great honor and to give input on the focus areas that we set here at AUSA in support of the Army and, and also our members that are here. Yeah, I think the other thing, as I was talking to both of you too, you know, they send out surveys all the time. And I tell people, I said, geez, I never got a survey, you know? Uh, and I, and I, I guess they select a certain amount of people and you do it within the military. But is there surveys going out through AUSA or maybe through D with you guys? I'm sure you're sending surveys out all the time. Uh, Holly, I, go I, ahead. Or D, whatever. Whoever goes going. Yeah. Holly, how about you guys? You sending out surveys or anything? Um, I am not through family readiness. I, we collect feedback, but we're not sending out any actual surveys. But we will be um, up here. Our plan is uh, talk at the family uh, forum that we'll have at annual meeting. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll have some feedback avenues where... Uh, they'll be able to, uh, to give us feedback, if you will, on on the topics and family forums. Yeah, yeah. Dee, about yourself, I, I'm sure you guys sent a bunch of surveys out. Well, so we, so, um, we do we do survey. We work with um, um, the folks in Office of Secretary of Defense. We also the, the Army Analytics Group. Um, we're trying to control all the surveys that go out because there is such a thing as survey fatigue. So when they do go out, we want them to be meaningful, yeah. right? So we're collaborating on those efforts. And we also want to use the data for more longitudinal um, study results, right? So keeping them consistent is important as well. Uh, but to give a, I don't have a complete list of them, but uh, you know, I can, I can share that with you to, to, um, 
to post. Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing is, do you uh, collaborate with other services? Uh, do, do you collaborate with other services about issues and stuff for family programs? We do. We do. Um, pretty consistently. We work with Miss Patty Barron in the oh, military a, community. Oh, she's a wonderful person. Yeah. Yes, she is. Um, yes, we do. So we work with them. And then, of course, um, you know, we have challenges that come up that require a change in a in a Department of Defense instruction or a Department of Defense policy or some piece of legislation. And and in every occasion, if we want to change that, we have to work with our sister services to get concurrence um, to change something that reaches all of the department or or the legislation. Yeah. Holly, same question. You work with other services, too, with the with AUSA. I don't know if you guys connect with those. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, that's the main. We get together regularly and, you know, share and collect feedback and, you know, share with each other. I guess they got the same issues, don't they? I, I wouldn't think there'd be much difference when it comes to families. That, uh, I wouldn't think it'd be different. Hmm. Uh, I'm, well, first of all, I'm, I'm glad that you talked to everybody because that's the way to make uh, changes because you can't, you can't make changes by yourself. Uh, for, you know, I, I love you guys, okay? Uh, you guys are unbelievable and you're doing a great job. Keep on doing what you're doing and, and you're making a difference each and every day. Any final thoughts, anything you want to share with the audience? Anything you want to share with this old guy right here? I always like information. <laughs> Holly, we'll start with you. Anything you want to share? Any final thoughts? Um, right now, what's on my mind is the big annual meeting that we got coming up here in October with our, our family forums, and we could not do that with our partnership here with, uh, with Dee and her, um, whole team because they rock, right? And we just love it. Um, <laughs> they do. So they do. Yeah. Um, and we'll have three forums. Uh, on Monday, we have one military family forum, one. And as Dee was talking earlier about balancing life, it's about my army life, you know, grit, growth, and balance. So yeah. we will have that on October 10th. Um, and then on Tuesday, we'll have family forum two, which talks about building your connections, right, for yourself and your family and in your community. Yeah. Um, and then we'll have our popular uh, Family Forum 3, which is our town hall with our Army senior leaders. So you can come in person or you can join us online. And, and that's where I was talking kind of about the feedback. You know, we, we give our families and service members a, a voice to interact with our Army senior, our Army senior leaders. But uh, this year, we are moving on up in the world. We have changed locations. So if you're coming in person, we will be over in room 147 with all the other uh, panels and CMFs going on. So again, um, just excited annual meeting. I get feedback all the time. Like it's like the Walt Disney <laughs> right, of the Army, right? <laughs> Army and AUSA, the Walt Disney of it. It's magical. So we're just excited. And again, could not do it without without Dee and her team. All right. Well, thank you. Dee, any final thoughts? Anything you want to share? Yeah. So I too am excited about AUSA. I am every single year because of those family forums and the, the uh, soldiers and families we reach. And I'm also excited about AUSA because I get to see you, SMA, and All Ted right. Hacker. It's the <laughs> highlight of my week um, during AUSA. So um, I've got that. And then one other point I'd like to make to any spouse uh, or soldier watching this uh, podcast today is um, you're our ambassador. So any information you pick up here today or anywhere, spread the word, spread the love. There are, there's a lot on our, our garrisons um, to help you to make your quality of life better, um, but spread the word. You, your neighbors passing somebody in the, in the street or in the grocery store, 
um, we we want to connect you to those programs and services. That's why we do what we do. Yeah, and you use me. Share your information with me. That's something you want to put out. AOSA and and uh, D do the same thing because we put out posts all throughout the week and stuff like that. We and, we, and there's a lot of stuff that you both covered here today that uh, that we'd love to share uh, with our families that the people that that uh, that are following us there. Hey, uh, the other, uh, I guess you know we're the number one military podcast called a feed spot in the country, so we're doing pretty good. The last thing is, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be at AUSA on the 10th, I guess it's the 10th, 10th, 11th, the 12th, right? 10th, 11th, on the 10th, Sergeant Major of the Army has the, uh, the Sergeant Major of the Army's luncheon, you know, select the squad, uh, you know, this year. But but Ted Hacker is going to be uh, the honorary Sergeant Major of the Army. I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, no. <laughs> That's something That's in it. Yeah, that's pretty. I told him, I said, you're not going to outrank me. You're still in no time in grade, but uh, I think that's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> are we going to get a picture outside the uh, SEC Army conference room out there? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Get all that stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. So I want to know, does Dean and I get a personal invitation to come down to where you're at? And Well, it'll be right there in the luncheon. Absolutely. You should, you should be sitting at Ted's desk or Ted's table right here. He'll be drinking wine or doing something like that. Having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys did a great job. God bless you for what you're doing. And and uh, you're just like me. I'm pumped up every day of my life because I was a soldier. I'll always be a soldier. And you're soldiers, spouses, but you're wonderful people that do do so much for our country that a lot of times people don't realize all the things that you're, you're fighting for. Uh, they see the effects of what you're doing, but they don't know the people that are really doing it. So I, I just, you know, from not just me, but from all the people that I know and all the soldiers around there that uh, really care uh, about you guys a great deal and, and just keep up the good work. And let us know if we can ever help you because we're here for you, okay? <laughs> we're here for you. <laughs> I'm with you. Hey, thanks to Ollie Daly and, and Dee Goss. I'm Jack Tilly, 12th Sergeant Major of the Army. You've been listening to your next mission video podcast. And thanks for watching today. If you didn't get anything about today, something's wrong with you. We had a great discussion. Please visit our website on yournextmission.org and leave me a review. I always say, leave me a good review. But if it's a bad one, I can take it. <laughs> you can also visit our partners there who can provide you with so many services that will assist you in your transition from the military. Also, please visit our corporate partners and see all the jobs that are available for you. I always like to say this one twice. Please know we want to assist you any way we can. I want to say it again. Please know we want to assist you any way we can. Uh, we're laughing, having fun, but... Uh, you're part of my family, and we want to help you as much as you can. We're part of our family. Uh, please follow me on my social media pages. I never thought I'd ever say this. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And if you enjoyed this discussion with Holly and Dee, and I know that you did, uh, please like us. Click on that subscribe button below. Don't forget, we want to hear from you. Please leave me a message or send me a text at 844-424-1134 or send me an email at smatilly at yournextmission.org. Thanks again to Holly Daly and D guys for being with us today. What uh, two wonderful people that, uh, again, care so much. And it was just great just having them on the show, on the podcast. And, and I always want to leave you with some final thoughts. And the final thought I'm going to say to you today is, is make a difference. Make a difference in the lives of people around you. Make a difference on somebody. Help them out, whether or not it's, it's helping them cut their grass or just saying hi or doing something. But make a difference in the life with people around you. There's you know, nowadays when you go somewhere, there's just so much people that are talking about, woe is me, I can't do it. But you can do it. 
if you stay together and you help each other out, you can do anything that you want to do. So make a difference. Have that positive attitude. I always tell people, believe in life, believe in God, believe in yourself, but just don't sit there. Make a difference. Again, thanks for watching. Thanks to Cloudcast Media, New Mind Studios, and of course, our four presenting sponsors, Calvary Agency, Navy Federal Credit Union, Purdue University Global, and Veterans United Home Loans. We appreciate all you do are for our military. And as always, see you on the high ground. hoo You've been listening to Your Next Mission, brought to you by the American Freedom Foundation. Learn more by visiting yournextmission.org.